Next Sunday on September 9th, we begin our next six weeks community group study, Desert Spring, This Is Us. This is the second community group study that we have written and produced as a church. The last one was our Lenten series of Wesley's 20 Questions. Now, Desert Springs' purpose is developing deeply committed followers of Jesus Christ who love God, love others, and transform the greater community. Now, community groups create that smaller space where deep connections can be formed with other people who are seeking to grow in their faith. Now, each community group study is tied to a sermon series, and we have a slide here that gives us a roadmap for the next six weeks. And these are the topics of our community group study each week. So we are a people of hope. This is who we are. We are a people who trust in God and in each other. We are a people of joy. We are a people who are intentionally inclusive and diverse. We are a people who are outward looking, and we are a Christian community built around a common purpose. So each week, Pastor Dave is going to preach a sermon on one of those topics, and then the community groups are going to get together to dig deeper into it. So what does a 90-minute community group session look like? They begin with a time of taking prayer requests and praying for each other. This is followed by some general questions to get you thinking. Um, after this, there's scripture where there's going to be teachings and questions around it. And then each week, there's a short, it's a three-minute video teaching with Pastor Dave and myself on the videos. Those are always fun. After that, there's some application questions, and then every week there is a different group closing exercise. Um, this time, we have also created a separate devotional. We have daily devotionals that go along with the study. So if you're unable to participate in a community group, we encourage you to participate that way. And what we're really excited about with our devotionals is that we invited volunteers this time to help us write them. So Sean Hughes, Jerry McGuire, Joan Pay, B.B. Breckner, Ann Hardy, and Julie Hart all wrote devotions for our devotional guide, and they're a blessing. So I encourage you to check them out. As a church, Desert Spring is committed to growing our community group ministry. We plan on offering two community groups a year that we write and produce ourselves and others from time to time by other authors, maybe folks like uh, Adam Hamilton. So with that, I would like to invite us to turn our attention to the reading of Scripture. Our scripture lesson for today is Romans 12, 1 through 6. So here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. I'm speaking to you out of the deep gratitude for all that God has given me, and especially as I have responsibilities in relation to you. Living then, as every one of you does, in pure grace, 
it's important that you not misinterpret yourselves as people who are bringing this goodness to God. No, God brings it all to you. The only accurate way to understand ourselves is by what God is and by what God does for us, not by what we are and what we do for him. In this way, we are like the various parts of a human body. Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. The body we're talking about is Christ's body of chosen people. Each of us finds our meaning and function as a part of his body. But as a chopped off finger or cut off toe, we wouldn't amount to much, would we? So since we find ourselves fashioned into all these excellently formed and marvelously functioning parts in Christ's body, let's just go ahead and be what we were made to be without enviously or proudfully comparing ourselves with each other or trying to be something we aren't. This has been the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Joyce. Let us pray. Loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So over the next six weeks, we're going to be exploring the aspects of who we are as the people of God at Desert Spring. We thought it was important to begin this Sunday by thinking about who we are as individuals. Who am I is a question that we all grapple with at some point in our lives. How does the Bible understand human identity? How are we to understand our identity as Christians? What does Paul mean in our passage this morning when he says that the only accurate way for us to understand ourselves is by what God is and by what God does for us, not by what we are and what we do for God? How are faith and identity related? The Bible begins with a statement of human identity. In the first chapter of Genesis, we read, God spoke, let us make human beings in our image, make them reflecting our nature, so they can be responsible for the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, the cattle, and yes, the earth itself. In the second chapter of Genesis, we meet Adam and Eve. We find them living in a garden, in a right relationship, in a face-to-face -face relationship with God, and in a right relationship with each other. In the third story, third chapter of Genesis, we hear the story of the original temptation. We hear that Adam and Eve can eat from any fruit, from any tree in the garden, except for the tree that is at the very center. And in that temptation story, we hear that a talking serpent telling them that if they eat from the fruit of that tree that's at the center of that garden, that they will be 
like God. Now, we all know how the story ends. Adam and Eve gave in to temptation, and they ate the forbidden fruit. Now, I know that onions don't grow on trees, okay? (laughs) And I know that technically, onions aren't even a fruit. But to be honest with you, an onion was the best thing that I could come up with to help us think about human identity. And we have a slide here. Okay. So when we cut an onion in half, we can see that it has a core. And surrounding the core are multiple layers. And we know that if we started on an outside of an onion, that we could peel back a layer at a time until we get down to the core. So this is how we can think of human identity. So what are the layers? The layers are the different aspects of our identity. So for example, some of our layers were born into. I was born a male. I grew up in Weatherford, Texas. My family was middle class. They named me Tim. We were Christians. Some of our layers come about because of our interests and talents. So I love the mountains. I'm a rock climber, a mountain biker, fly fisherman. Okay? When I grew up, I was interested in banks for some reason and financial institutions, so I chose to pursue a career in the financial industry. Now, other layers of our onion, a lot of our layers of our identity of an onion, are related to our human relationships. So I'm a son, a brother, a grandson, a co-worker, a friend. So now, the layers of our onion exist as things that are fixed and then things that we choose or change as we move through time. And all these layers surround the core. Now, the core of our onion is meant to give meaning to all the rest of our layers. The core of our onion is meant to help us hold the rest of the layers in the right perspective. The core of our onion is the focus of the biblical story. Now, Adam and Eve's core was their relationship with God. They were children of God. They reflected the very nature of God in their humanity through right relationship with God, with each other, and with themselves. The core gave the proper shape to all of their layers. Their core contained an intrinsic value of ultimate worth. Their core was how they understood themselves. When Adam and Eve decided to try to be like God, they became self-centered beings. They took over God's role in their life and attempted to define the meaning and purpose and value on their own, to pursue their own agenda, to live life on their own terms. In other words, something other than God became the core. Without this core of meaning and value, Adam and Eve were forced to look to their layers to replace it. And the layers of the onion were never intended to support the weight of human identity. This fundamentally changed how human beings understood themselves. And it fundamentally changed how human beings 
understood and valued each other. Human identity became deformed. In the fourth chapter of Genesis, we see the outcome of this in the first inhumane or non-human act recorded in Scripture, the murder of Abel by his brother Cain. In the sixth chapter of Genesis, we find the following passage. The Lord saw that the wickedness of humankind was great in the earth, and that every inclination of the thoughts of their hearts was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made humankind on the earth, and it grieved him to his heart. By turning their back on the center of their value, purpose, and meaning, humanity was left to create it on their own. And in the 11th chapter of Genesis, we find this story. Now the whole earth had one language and the same words. And as they migrated from the east, they came upon a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and bituum for mortar. They said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens. And let us make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we shall be scattered abroad on the face of the whole earth. This passage has a feel of desperation woven into it. To avoid being scattered abroad across the face of the earth, human beings drew together and drew on their resources to create a city of meaning for themselves. And it's important to recognize that their city had a tower with its top in the heavens. Humanity recognized that a relationship with God was important, but it was to be on their terms. They built the tower. Humanity's relationship with God became a layer of the onion. It became a part of their identity instead of the core. In the 12th chapter of Genesis, we find God beginning his work of restoration through the formation of a people whose identity is based on their relationship with God. In Genesis 12, 1 through 3, we find God calling Abraham and Abraham and Sarah, <clears throat> promising to make of them a great nation through whom all the families of the earth will be blessed. In the book of Exodus, we find God acting to free that nation of Israel from the Egyptians. And we hear God utter a phrase that gets repeated over and over in Scripture. I will take them as my people, and I will be their God. Identity matters. The life, God, God finishes work of restoration through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And in the Gospel of John, in the first chapter, the 12th and 13th verse, we hear this. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or the will of man, but of God. As Christians, our fundamental identity is that we are a people in whom Christ dwells. Returning to our opening passage, the only proper way for us to understand ourselves is by what God is and by what God does for us. God is our foundation of meaning and value. In Jesus, we have the image of what it means to be truly human. 
through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, God restored our relationship. In Jesus, who dwells within us, God made possible the restoration of our humanity. Paul says it in Romans chapter 5, 1 through 3, like this. Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through the Lord, through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the restored relationship. Through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand, and we boast in our hope of sharing in the glory of God. As disciples of Jesus, we begin our faith journey in the hope that God will continue the process of transforming our identity, of restoring our humanity. But it's important to remember that it's very easy as Christians for us to allow our relationship with God to rest out there on the layers of our onion, never really penetrating our core. In my life, the biggest challenge that I have ever faced, the greatest struggle that I've ever had, has been in being in control of my identity. When I left college in my 20s, I had a very clearly defined image of who it was that I wanted to be in this world. My meaning, my value, my purpose were all wrapped up in that image. And by the time I hit my 30s, I was able to obtain that identity. By the time I hit 40, it became clear to me that that identity could not provide a lasting sense of meaning, purpose, and value. I began to despair. At the end of 2012, it became clear to me that this identity that I had created had become the core of my onion. It was a city of meaning that I created based on my wants and who it was and how I wanted to be seen in the world. I began 2013 in su surrender, desperately asking God what it was that God wanted me to do. In my life, I have never experienced such a profound silence from God. <laughs> it's a little scary <laughs> a year went by and I still had no answer looking back on it I realized that I wanted to know what it was that God wanted me to do because I wanted to make sure that whatever it was God wanted me to do was okay with my sense of identity that it was okay with who I wanted to be. My relationship with God was still out there on the layer of my onion, and I was fighting with everything that I had, every fiber of my being, to remain in control of the core. Now, I eventually wore out. <laughs> and in 2014, I left my job. It felt like a death. I went from Tim with a title to unemployed Tim who might go to seminary. <laughs> now, God put breadcrumbs on my path 
And as I followed those, I began to realize that I was asking the wrong question. It wasn't about what God wanted me to do. What it was about was who it was that God wanted me to be. Him, a child of God, redeemed by God's grace. Identity matters. And I'd like to close with the words of the Apostle Paul. The only accurate way to understand ourselves is by what God is and by what God does for us, not by what we are and what we do for Him. In this way, we are like the various parts of a human body. Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. The body we're talking about is Christ's body of chosen people. Each of us finds our meaning and function as a part of His body. But as a chopped-off finger or a cut-off toe, we wouldn't amount to much, would we? So since we find ourselves fashioned into all these excellently formed and marvelously functioning parts in Christ's body, let's just go ahead and be what we were made to be. Desert Spring, this is us, and may it be so. Thanks be to God.